Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, she's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the radio. Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSE Talk Radio. It's my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. We're going to start out with prayer. Let's go to the Lord right now. For such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you for the great God that you are, the Abba Father. For your love and your grace and your mercy and your patience. Oh my goodness, your patience with your people. Father, we thank you. And we ask again for your protection over our president and over this nation. It is in chaos right now. Guard and guide the president and those around him, Father. Give him the gift of discernment as all these things pass through over his desk that he has to make decisions on. Lead us, Father, as your people down the path of your righteousness. And forgive us for all the times that we fail you, Abba, Father. Bind our enemies, Father, and keep the evil one at bay. Expose all the lies and the corruption that have plagued our land for so long. Wipe it out, Father. And save those who have been hurt. And I pray for those who have been involved in the corruption. Father, may they reach the bottom, the gutter. And look up to you for salvation. I give this show to you today, Father. May we all say and be be truthful. Speak only the truth and empower and encourage others. Help us to understand the depth of all that is happening around us. I thank you for my guest today, Daniel Turner, and the power of the future and all that he is doing to help people with their jobs and and put common sense into the energy world here in this nation. We pray for all these things, and we lay them at your feet, Father. We pray that you will hear our prayers. We know that you do, and that you will help us to stay in you and be your witnesses for such a time as this. Amen. Well, it's fall, y'all. And the leaves, oh yes, they do fall. But it's the nuts in the trees who fell on his head, sending Chicken Little screaming, We'll all soon be dead. No, it isn't the sky, Chicken Little, you see. It's just nutty Democrats falling out of their tree. Once they thought they had power to claim, but Amy Coney Barrett, she done took it away. They screamed and they cried, Our women will die. All health care is broken. Our socialist policies are doomed. The Democrat nuts, they cried and they swooned, all faint from despair. Judge Barrett, it's rare, a woman who believes in life. It ain't fair, it ain't fair. We'll fix you, they say. We'll get you one day. We'll pack the court and have socials and have our socialist ways. I saw AOC on her bicycle green as she pedaled out of sight. Pack the court, it's our right. When losing, we must change the rules, don't you see? To meet our sick narratives, we're the liberty killer bees. Yeah, 
It's all nuts. I agree. <laughs> You're listening to CSD Talk Radio. Dan, oh, how are you doing today? I couldn't resist that one. How are you? <laughs> Uh, that's such a wonderful poem. I forgot about killer bees. That was one of the things that was supposed to kill us a long time ago. Yeah, but now we have the killer hornets that are killing the bees. <laughs> they yeah. did catch a, the they caught us. Yeah, they did catch some of them, uh, uh, what do they call it, a uh, nest of them, I guess, for lack of a better word, being ignorant of bees like I am. And uh, they did get them. They are they are murderous hornets. They call them murder hornets, yeah. and uh, <laughs> they're pretty wicked. They're like they're like two or three inches long, I think, and uh, and they kill the, the honeybees. And of course, the honeybees we do need the honeybees. But uh, yeah, AOC, they were all going nuts last night, and uh, it was kind of funny. Every now and then, uh, Fox would turn over and show you what uh, uh, what the mainstream media was up to, and and you'd, you'd think. Hitler had invaded the country when Amy Coney Barrett <laughs> was confirmed. It was crazy. Is that the, 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 the same Hitler who Joe Biden said was a friend of America during the debate? <laughs> yes, that one. Where, where are the, the fact-checkers when we need them, right? Where is anyone? Well, there, from, uh, there, there are still members of the Hoover and Roosevelt family alive. I was hoping one of their great-grandkids would say, um, I just want to clarify the record. My great-grandfather was not a close friend of Hitler, despite what Joe Biden has recently said. Um, but you're right. The, the, the anger last night at, at this inaugural um, or the swearing-in ceremony, the, the frustrating thing, and this is where we have just such a corrupt media, is you look on social media, even you watch the channels, and they say things like, well, this was a sham process, and they changed the rules to railroad this nomination through, and uh, this is an illegitimate. They just use these phrases, and you say, well, nothing about it is illegitimate or a sham, or there were no rules changed. They followed all the protocol the Senate always follows. And the fact that it's a week before the election, well, I'm sorry. I didn't decide that Ruth Bader Ginsburg should die six weeks ago. Our Lord and Savior did, and, and we may do. Um, so I don't understand. They're so angry that it happened. Uh, and they're just angry. Well, they're angry people in general. Well, exactly. And I, I even wrote that on here. I haven't seen a happy liberal yet. But, you know, they... They're upset because because Mitch McConnell wouldn't let them have theirs when Obama was going out. So that's what they're upset about. But I I think people need to understand, and we'll get on to a topic that you want to talk about, that I think people need to understand what they're talking about when they say packing the court. Uh, I did thank you for uh, leading me to Peggy Little. We did uh, have her on last Thursday, and we talked about some of these things that they're wanting to do and changing. But if they get power, if the liberals get power again, the Democrats, the socialists, what they want to do is increase the number of justices in the Supreme Court, and then they will fill all those seats immediately, and it will be packed. It will be packed with not constitutionalists, but with... People that are socialists facing the um, pleased with their narratives, and that's how they will judge. They will not judge by the Constitution. They will not be originalists. You know, I don't like the liberal and conservative. Uh, I like 
when they say originalists, when they're actually constitutionalists, which I believe Amy Coney Barrett, Judge Barrett, will be and is. Yes. And so I and, think and the American people they, need to understand what they mean when they say packing the court. Exactly. And they're trying to change the name of, of change the definition of court packing. So now you hear a lot of activist journalists say things like, well, the Republicans have been packing the court this entire time. Um, but they haven't. Filling seats is the obligation of the president, and they have been filling seats. So to say, well, they've been filling seats with their picks, so they're packing the court. No, they're filling vacancies, as is the president's job. What did happen, there's no doubt about it, at the end of the Obama administration when the Republicans had the Senate, is they did not confirm a lot of seats, most notably, of course, Merrick Garland, the Supreme Court nominee, to fill uh, Justice Scalia's seat after his passing. Right. Um, but they they didn't fill a lot of seats because they had control of the Senate, and that is the way our system is designed. Um, uh, people think that we should go to government, go to D.C., and make things happen quickly, and our Constitution was written because our founders knew Anytime government decides something, it's pretty bad. So let's make it really, really, really hard for them to decide things. And that includes judicial nominees. So, yes, they held a lot of seats open during the Obama administration, and they filled them during the Trump administration. That's the way the system was designed. So what do the Dems want to do? They want to destroy the system. Well, and one thing, you know, they were so they were so assured that they were going to win and Trump was going to lose because they had that bought and paid for and all that stuff mm-hmm. that, you know, there was a lot of federal judges, not Supreme Court, but federal judges across the land that that needed to be filled. Those positions needed to be filled. So we have filled a lot of positions, but we're still dealing with a lot of activist judges that are not ruling by constitution or law, but by agenda. I hear the music. We're headed into a break. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. We're visiting today with Daniel Turner of Power the Future. Visit his website, powerthefuture.com. That's powerthefuture.com. And Daniel and Beth Ann are going to be right back. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rural America is the heart of production in this nation, our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power the Future promotes jobs in rural America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radicals like Tom Stiers and George Soros promise to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rural America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America's lights on. The following is not paid for or endorsed by any political candidate, party, or radio station. American liberty is in the fight of our life, and we need a battle plan. Thomas Jefferson stated, The tyranny of the legislature is really the danger most to be feared and will continue to be so for many years to come. 
We're under a political monopoly, working against the republic and calling the U.S. a democracy, which is mob rule. The battle plan has been given to us by Thomas Jefferson. When once a republic is corrupted, there is no possibility of remedying any of the growing evils but by removing the corruption and restoring its lost principles. Every other correction is either useless or a new evil. November 3rd, remove the corruption and evils of the Democrat socialism. From dog catcher to senator, vote out every Democrat. Once the Dems are severely rendered in the numbers, the Republican Party can no longer hide in silence. November 3rd, re-elect Donald Trump and give him the Congress we, the people, deserve. And let's bring America home. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty to your table. For those of you who want to display your patriot heart, Set your table with Liberty, the new patriotic flatware pattern by Liberty Tabletop. Your dining table sets the mood for the American family and the American dream. Liberty honors our fallen heroes, the Liberty Bell. We the people with stars and stripes, our American eagle, and the Statue of Liberty. Each piece of the Liberty flatware pattern is an art with elegance, high-quality work, and high-quality 1810 stainless American steel. Each piece is unique while conveying the same patriotic message. Liberty for all and we love America. Order your set now and a set as a gift for a special patriot in your life. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty home to your table. Use the promo code BETHANN and receive a discount. LibertyTabletop.com or call them 844-386-2338. And we have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. Next Tuesday, we all head to the polls and we vote. And on Wednesday, Daniel and I will be here giving our opinions as to what happened or crying. I don't know. (laughs) I think we'll be celebrating. I believe Donald Trump will win again, and I believe he'll win big. But that's Beth's opinion, and I'm not one of those uh, who has a degree in anything, but I just have a gut feeling. You know, I always say the crowds are the polls. (laughs) So what do you think, Daniel? Daniel's going to join me on Wednesday, so we'll be here together. I agree with you. Um, first of all, I'm very much looking forward to Wednesday being on your show. It's always a pleasure to be on your show. But I agree. I think we're seeing the, the same thing that we saw in 2016. And uh, 2016 didn't have this coronavirus pandemic that had everyone afraid to leave their house. And yet we are still seeing these enormous crowds uh, gather for the president who's doing four and five rallies a day. And if Joe Biden were truly ahead by all these these points, um, he would have some enthusiasm, right? He would have uh, he, he would have some momentum. He'd have some some people waving signs. Uh, there are more Trump supporters at Biden events than Biden supporters. So I I agree with you that I think you can just if you didn't pay attention to the news or any of these polls, if you asked the average person, what do you think is going on? They would say, well, it looks like Trump is going to crush him. Um, so my hunch is that is what is going to happen. But I still have a 50-50 chance that he is the one who's actually inaugurated. I do think if you are a Dem operative in a Democrat state, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, Virginia, other five I'm thinking of, North Carolina, six. If you're a Dem operative and you have a Dem governor and a Dem secretary of state, 
You've already planted ballots strategically all throughout the state. And that is why Election Day is so important to win decisively, because if a place like Minnesota, where Trump just lost by 30,000 ballots, if he wins by 30,000 ballots, that's easy to steal. Now, you can find 5,000 here, 2,000 there. Oh, my gosh, it's November 15th. We found another 3,000 ballots. And they'll do that all through November. They were in a truck somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that's my fear is that these key swing states are run by Democrats, and they have a history. Ask the Kennedy campaign back in 1960, right? They have a history of stealing elections by discovering ballots at convenient times. Well, and and uh, Biden kind of let it slip. Did you hear that? Where they had the best uh, fraud organization together, the best mail fraud organization put yeah. together. for. I mean, he, he let it slip. You know, I'm surprised they let him yeah. out of his dungeon at all. Because he and, let and that one he's back, out of the back. Locked up, exactly. Yeah, last time he <laughs> left, he talked about I was going to end the oil industry, and now he said this, and every time he leaves, he seems to be a little bit of a problem, so they are going to try to keep him. Yesterday, he gave remarks to the press, took no questions, no supporters. He drove uh, 15 minutes from his home, gave standing remarks about coronavirus, uh, and left. And look, I've tried to beat this drum unsuccessfully. If, if this were such a master plan that would really save lives, why doesn't he share it with us? Why doesn't he share it with the president? Right? When I'm yeah, right now, I will right put now, why wait? My, exactly. Why wait? If you had a secret formula that was going to fix the coronavirus, but we're only going to get to see it if you become president, wow, that's pretty cynical. Um, but even when he talks about his master plan, he does it in typical politician format. I will put together a plan that will get ahead of this virus, and we're going to take it on. But what the heck does any of that mean, right? So, so again, I just I, I think he's really grasping at straws. I think he's trying to run out the clock, and momentum, I believe, is on our side. I believe it is too, and uh, I think it's. I don't want to. I hate to come out and say it because I want everybody to vote. And I mean, I want everybody to get out there and vote. But I believe it's going to be a landslide. Now, others are arguing about that. But Rasmussen has put him up to 52% now. Uh, favorability. I got that here somewhere. I had it in front of me so I could say yeah. that when I had it. <laughs> but, a really um, good sign was that they moved key campaign, uh, campaign staff out of Ohio yesterday and transitioned them to Pennsylvania which means they know Ohio is pretty much a lock. We always talk about how Ohio is the most important state. Um, and so if they're comfortable enough to transition staff from Ohio to Pennsylvania, that's a sign of optimism, right? So Pennsylvania is very important. That's why those those oil and gas comments could have been the death knell for the campaign, for the Biden campaign, because uh, fracking is essential to Pennsylvania's success. So I've been on your show multiple times talking about fracking, especially in Pennsylvania, and those can- those comments really hurt the Biden camp. They do, and I was going to say I believe that this I believe this Hunter Biden laptop and some of these other things that have come out. I think they're hurting him. I saw something, and I don't know if it was true or not. You might have seen it, too. It was supposedly a note or a letter from one of his uh, campaign people that said everybody's leaving, everybody's upset. 
Uh, they know they're losing. I think they know. Yeah. And they're like, uh, you know, rats uh, leaving a sinking ship. Uh, it's. I think that they understand what's going on. Now, I want to get back to yeah. uh, Power of the Future because that's who you are. And I was reading it off of your website. By the way, you need to go to his website. And, and Daniel and Power of the Future, they are sponsors of the show. So we need you to stay in touch with them. Let them know what's going on in your area. Daniel's always very interested. But go to the website. It's powerofthefuture.com. That's powerofthefuture.com. But you were talking about in this, the New Mexico renewables. And, and what caught my eyes, the little... Uh, poster at the bottom renewable energy serving our customers are right now at seven (laughs) percent and they had a little bit of a cold spell (laughs) and it didn't keep them very warm but uh the uh the coal and the oil industry came to the rescue so i kind of wanted you to explain that a little bit because i think it's pretty i think it's funny but i think it's telltelling it tells the tale yeah well our new mexico state director lives in the outskirts of albuquerque and you wouldn't consider Albuquerque to be uh, a snow country, but he did wake up this morning with eight inches of snow. And eight inches of snow <laughs> on a solar field uh, means it doesn't get any solar panel and any light, right? So <laughs> someone has to go and brush all the snow. Brush them off. Get that broom snow. out. Yeah. It can snow on a natural gas power plant without any problem. It still produces energy. Go figure. <laughs> Right? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> work. Also, if you've noticed, um, we had the coldest record, the uh, coldest day on record in the lower fourth day. I believe it was in Montana, and it hit negative, which is especially for late October. But another fun thing, Montana has been pushing wind. Uh, but wind turbines don't work after negative 20 degrees below zero. Um, no. because it's too cold to create a charge. So poor Larry, our state director in New Mexico, his solar panels are covered in snow, and the poor folks in, in uh, I'm sorry, did I say Minnesota, Montana, the poor folks in Montana, their wind turbines aren't producing power, but otherwise, green works great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I put down here, when it's really cold, you find out the green subsidies can't warm you up. <laughs> Because yeah. they get subsidies to put up these these solar panels and the wind farms and all that. They get they get government subsidies. Well, it doesn't keep you very warm when it really gets cold outside. No, and and you know if if any of your listeners are on social media, they will constantly see ads from solar companies encouraging them to get solar panels because. Uh, they do get tremendous amount of subsidies. There are a lot of government programs. I still get them from Washington, D.C., just because I lived there for so long, even though I'm no longer there, encouraging me to put solar panels uh, on my home, which was a condo. So it would be very hard. I don't know what but regardless, you get them all. But you get those ads all the time because you're right. They are subsidized by the government. And when people say, well, look how solar panels are, well, when you take the subsidies out of the equation, they are actually quite expensive, um, and, and and again, they are not reliable. Now, if you want to put solar panels on your home and you can afford to, I think it's great. If you have a new home and you have plenty of sun and you want to build solar panels and eventually over 10 years you start recuperating the cost, that's wonderful. But I, as a taxpayer don't want to have to pay for you to do that. You do it on your own dime. Don't ask my help. 
And that's the problem I'm having with the, the green energy as well as so many other issues, right? Um, healthcare being the other one. I have a right to not pay for your things. People say we have a Absolutely. right to healthcare. You're right. You don't have a right to healthcare. You have a right to do what is right for you. I have a right to not pay for your healthcare, and I have a right to not pay for your darn solar panels. You want them, you pay for them, but that's not how government works. It's not. And you know, I'm. We're, I hear the music. We're headed into a break, but I'm going to make a little comment on healthcare. What they're talking about is insurance. And what they're talking about is a national health care insurance, not your health care. Every time they give, they have more, um, they have more to say about it. If the insurance companies is now your government, you're going to have less and less control, and so does your doctor, over your, over caring for your health and the decisions that need to be made. People need to understand, they need to separate health care and insurance. We're heading into break. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. We'll be right back. And we have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're visiting with Daniel Turner of Power of the Future. They sponsor our show, and we appreciate them so, so much. We need them very much, and we uh, we need you out there with your boots on the ground. I kind of got a kick out of Daniel this morning. We were texting. I was reminding him he's going to be with me today, and he's, he's experimenting into the farming uh, realm. And he, was, he had some funny comments this morning, and I appreciate that. It gave me a good chuckle this morning. But kudos to you, Daniel, because it's a lot of work. Are you there? It is, and it's oh. a lot of it, it's, it's a, and it's also a lot of fun. You know, it is a it is a nice change of pace for a kid who spends uh, his entire life in the city. So it's a it's a, a, a great thing to do at this stage of my life. I. I I admire you for it. And my son did that a while back. And, well, he kind of grew up on the farm. He was, um, I want to say he was 10 when we had to leave the farm. But we still stayed in a farming community. We just weren't on the farm anymore. But he didn't ever want to, when I put out a garden, he didn't want to help with the garden. He didn't want to help with this. Then he's telling me, I'm doing a garden this year, Mom. Then he bought some chickens so he could have eggs for his family. And I got a big kick out of it because he really got into it. I mean, he was digging in and and learning all he could about the chickens and and about the the uh, gardening because he had he had different beds around the yard there that he had different things and and so you kind of reminded me of him that you're getting into this and it's it's fun it is fun and it and it's good it's good and it's very healthy right I mean this is the way we're supposed to live. Uh... You know, we, we, and, and it's funny when you when you go back to our our founding fathers and even you know just the the, the period of the 18th century, there were so many arguments between city and urban uh, uh, points of view. And uh, Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin pro- probably most notably had a lot of discussion about where man is better. And Jefferson was an adamant believer that we're meant to live in rural America or in the country. And Jefferson had a pretty nice living. <laughs> he was, I think, the second wealthiest person in the country, so his country house was a little bit nicer than mine. Um, but Ben Franklin was a firm believer that we live in cities. And he was a proud uh, Philadelphian, right? And he was a firm believer that we could do better in an urban area. So it's been a long dispute, and I've done one, now let's try the other. Well, they kind of need one another. Uh, 
but I, I will say, coming from the rural area, I believe the city needs the rural more than the rural needs the city. Uh, but yes. they, we do, really do need one another. Uh, you know, we do a lot of the production as far as the food and, and that kind of thing in the rural areas. And uh, we have a lot of industries here, but so does the city. You know, my dad, I lived, grew up in Raytown, Missouri, up there in Kansas City. And my dad worked at Owens Corning Fiberglass, you know, that peak stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, they did, you know, so, it, and yeah, I had uh, cousins that worked uh, for Chrysler there in St. Louis. You know, we need one another. And, and that's what. You know, all this dividing and labeling of everybody in this country that the left loves to do, the right does it as well. But we need to understand we're one people. It doesn't matter our color, it doesn't matter our gender, we're one people. And we should be after the same thing. We may have different directions to get there. But the problem is, Daniel, in my opinion, we're not after the same outcome anymore. No. No, I agree with you completely, and and I think we we need each other. I agree with you completely, um, but we also need to respect each other and respect their communities and what makes them unique and different. And there was a time that we had representatives from urban areas that represented urban values and rural areas that represented rural values, and now it seems everyone goes to D.C. and they want to become national politicians. Uh, and that's not what, especially what the House of Representatives is supposed to do. Um, I find it very frustrating. Now, granted, the Speaker of the House is a little different, but I find it very frustrating when someone like AOC or even on the right you can find someone similar thinks that their role is some national position. Your role is to represent your community in D.C. and their values and their needs before the, the federal government. Um, and we, we've, we've gone very, very, very far from what it means to run for Congress. Heck, you see people make videos, videos I love, where they say, I'm going to Congress to do this. And you say, well, that's not what you're supposed to go to Congress to do. <laughs> <laughs> Just so, stop doing uh, stuff, you guys. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> Rudy and I were saying the other day, and I said this back in, I think, in 2008, maybe 2012, or even before then, you know, I, I'm old. I'm not sending them up there to do stuff. I want them to, they're supposed to be protecting us. They're to guard our liberty, not continue to put out their social programs. I said, I think we should send them up there with erasers and they get elected. The less eraser they have when they get back, <laughs> the more likely yeah. they are for my vote. You know, we need to stop doing stuff. <laughs> And that, that's one of the reasons why the, the institutional left really dislikes this president is because of what he has done to their beloved regulations. Because regulations are, uh, it's, it's fodder, it's material for the left to engage, for leftist groups to get active, uh, it's material for leftist judges to pass laws, right? When you get rid of hundreds of thousands of pages of regulations, well, now these groups have less, less ammunition for their constant war on America and American values. Um, Barack Obama in his last year added something like 96,000 pages of regulation. Who can read through that, right? Who, who can possibly process it? Who could write it? Who are these people writing 96,000 pages of regulation? And don't they have families? Um, so when, when, when Trump gets rid of that, he weakens them because they love the big bureaucratic state. 
Uh, and that's, yes. that's been essential. I'd love to see in a second term more of that. And then I'd love to see, as he hinted to yesterday in a rally, um, or maybe it was two days ago, I believe it was his rally in Wisconsin in the bitter, bitter cold. Um, he hinted at moving some of these agencies out of D.C. into America. And we've talked about that before, and we need more of that. We don't need these people centralized in D.C. Heck, coronavirus illness, we don't even need them centralized in an office. But if we can move the Department of Education, the Department of Labor, the Department of whatever, get them the heck out of D.C. and go other places and meet regular Americans. That would be good for our government. I think that's awesome. You know, that they met with some contention with that when they did that to the USDA here a year ago or so, and they were sending them to mm-hmm. Kansas City, you know, which is an overgrown cow town. It was, you know, the stockyards in Kansas City, and it just kind of grew up. But... um uh, they didn't want to go down there. They didn't want to go. They didn't want to leave D.C. and go to Hickville. <laughs> no, no. And, so I think I think it told exactly how they feel about uh, Sarah Real America. <laughs> they have these agricultural policy experts who have never been on a farm, right? I mean, is it is it all theoretical that you can say, well, I can make wonderful ag policy without being a farmer, without, without knowing farmers in the middle? of a concrete jungle? Really? Do you think you can? I mean, let's do the reverse. How about you live in rural America and you say, well, I'm going to do urban planning. You don't live in a city. How are you going to create an urban plan? doesn't matter. It's all theory anyway. So that was amazing to see these <laughs> agriculture experts who didn't want to live in an agricultural community. <laughs> so we need more of that. Yeah, our Josh Hawley got a little hot over that one. <laughs> he was a little upset yeah. with him. He said, you know what, we love our city. We love our Kansas City. We love our rural America. <laughs> so, but, yeah, I think it told a lot. And, you know, that's why it's so important to have somebody like you with Power of the Future that has boots on the ground. It's, it's well, you know, you. when you and I first started talking and, and you said, well, I don't know, I'm from New York. You think they'll really like my, my accent? I said, you know, once you've, once you've won us over, you've got us. Uh, it may be a little tough to win over sometimes in rural America, but once we have, you've got us. But you didn't just get us. You're becoming one of us, and I just absolutely <laughs> love it, Dan. You won me over, and now I've changed my life because it is a better way to live. It's a nicer, kinder way to live. Um, and look, I think... I think the left is hurting the left. Their policies and their behavior is hurting urban America. They're hurting the cities. Look at what happened in Philadelphia yeah, last night. They are. Right? Oh my um, goodness! Why would you want to live in a city at this point? We, we for so long have exactly. had this dream. We're headed into. We're headed real quick into a break. Let's talk about what happened last night. I have that in front of me. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. Daniel and Beth Ann will be right back. If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. 
And after reading your book, I simply must add you to the list. Wait, you don't have a book yet. So make a free call to Page Publishing. Their expert staff can help you turn your book idea into a real book, a masterpiece that could someday make the bestseller list in hard copy and digitally all across the world. Page Publishing can help you completely take your idea for a book, write it, and publish it. So if you want to join the ranks of some of the most famous authors in the world, call now for a free information kit. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. Make a free call right now to Page Publishing. 800-378-3212. That's 800-378-3212. Makeup America is a brand new line of makeup made in America. Ladies, did you know that most American beauty brands do not make their cosmetics here in the USA? There is no guarantee of quality and transparency of ingredients, testing on animals, abidance to health and safety regulations, or quality control within the manufacturing environment. The old saying, beauty is only skin deep, refers to what's on the inside of the woman. And as you know, what's inside your beauty products matters to your skin. Makeup America is made in the USA, and they pledge to you that their products are non-GMO, paraben-free, fragrance-free, and never tested on animals. Launch your patriotism with Independence Red, Lady Liberty Blue. There's a variety of nail and lip colors to match. And lip care. MakeupAmerica.us. Use promo code BEST20 to receive 20% discount. MakeupAmerica.us When I think of bringing America home, I think of family sitting around the table. As a young girl, it was my job to set the table. Setting the table meant tablecloth, plates, drinking glasses, and the flatware, which had to be placed correctly on the respective sides of the plates. Regardless of the time of year, sitting down at the table is an American thing to do. It's a great family. Liberty Tabletop can help you set your table. They are the only flatware manufacturer in the United States of America. Using high-quality 1810 chromium nickel stainless steel. All that and with competitive prices. When you order, use the promo code BETHANN to receive 10% off of your order. Visit LibertyTabletop.com or give them a call the old-fashioned American way. 844-386-2338. That's 844-386-2338. Use the promo code BETHANN and receive 10% off your purchase. Let's set the table and bring America home. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. For the longest time, I've wanted to come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. But up until now, I haven't been able to find anything that held up to my high standards. I finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. My new Giza Dream bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can get your very own by calling 
888-627-6168. And use the promo code BETHANN to get 30% off plus free shipping. We have returned. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're visiting today with Daniel Turner. We're in the final segment as fast as hour of the day. Daniel, we're talking about Pennsylvania, and I'm going to let you tell my listeners exactly what happened there last night. But I have, I have noticed that the left is just doing everything they can to put people on the edge. I I saw a video last week of all these women taking selfies of themselves, and they're screaming and crying and carrying on at the very thought of Judge Amy Coney Barrett being being nominated. I mean, you'd think their world was coming to an end, kind of like when Hillary lost. I can't understand that kind of hysteria. and I'm just going to, you know, what happened in Pennsylvania last night. I don't know if it was related to that or not. But I'm going to let you kind of talk, tell my listeners what happened there last night. No, I, I don't think it was related to that. It was um, another instance of a um, man who was shot and killed by police because he was attacking them with a knife. Um, and, of course, they're trying to bring out a racial component to it. You ignore the fact that this man had a knife and was charging at a police officer, and the police officer discharged his weapon and, and killed him. And I'm sure the police officer is probably horrified today. He doesn't want to have to do that, right? I don't think cops go out of their way to do this, but when you're attacked, Absolutely you not. have to defend yourself. And then the riots are now just standard behavior is how this happens. And it's organized, right? It is an organized on social media. There's evidence of it. People saying, this happened, now let's riot and and again the burning of the stores 30 police officers were injured last night um why because a person you don't know even if even if the the removing race removing uh, um uh, motive removing the weapon it's still someone you have no idea who this person is but that gives you license to to smash someone's store and steal all of their goods because why um, and Something so, happened a couple of blocks away, and it's just, yeah, it makes it, no sense. More, no, and more evidence of, of the lack of law and order. And notice this is happening over and over again in, in Democrat cities, right? Well, Democrats run almost all of our cities, but this is where it's happening predominantly. Um, and that has, they keep talking about how suburban women hate President Trump. They hate his Twitter. They hate his comments. I gotta think suburban women hate the fact that this violence is becoming accepted. Um, why do we treat suburban women like such myopic creatures, right? Like they hate the president and therefore they're voting Biden. Really? You don't think they look at other issues, um, when they make their decision? And this has to be one that will influence people to say, I don't want to live like this anymore. Hmm. Well, it's getting bad and, you know, uh, you'll be with me next Wednesday after the election. We hope we have an answer that morning. Uh, they're telling us we won't, but I'm hoping that it'll be a much wider spread victory than what the mm-hmm. polls are predicting. Just by looking at the uh, the po- just by looking at the uh, the crowds and the rallies. Um, but you know, it's uh, 
they're always picking on the women because they want to separate them out because they want them to believe that they are victims. You're victims of of Judge Amy. You're victims of of uh, you know health care being taken away from you. You're victims constantly. Well, we will be victims if they don't get law and order back in back in, in implemented in these cities and in these outskirts of the cities. It's it's uh and I think women are smart enough to figure that out. I I'm one. I can figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. and I think and they I can. Think there's women... there's always gonna there's always those that are you're not gonna sway. You know, they don't no. like him because and that they're just not thinking yeah. straight when they when they feel that way. And it, and it's so offensive to to uh, newly confirmed Justice Barrett that my whole life, uh, you know, I'm, and she's only two years older than I am, so we're exactly the same generation. Um, mm-hmm. My whole life, uh, since I was a kid, we've heard about how women can't have it all, right? That was a common expression. You can't have a family. You can't have a crime. You can't have a mom. You can do it all. We are women. Hear us roar. Well, here is a woman who literally has it all and then some. She's got all the kids, even even adopted kids, right? She's got mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the looks like a wonderful marriage, and and she's a professor, and then she became a judge, and and yet no of the of the liberal women celebrated that. They just hate the fact that she has a different political philosophy, and so all of these accomplishments were supposed to celebrate womanhood, all thrown away. Right, all, all. So you realize how hollow all of these cheers are. Um, it's not about womanhood. It's not about having it all. It's about politics. It's not about women's rights. And as soon as you're, po- a, yeah. yeah, and it's very sad. It, it, that does a lot of damage, to quote unquote, women's issues more than anything else. It does, but I, I don't know how your mother felt. But I know me and a few other women, we kind of made the comment, if she's got seven children and she's balancing and, and juggling all this in her life, I think she can handle Congress. And she did. <laughs> with, <Yeah. laughs> with perfect ease. I mean, she kept her calm. She was just, it's a matter of fact, this is the way it is. That's why I'm not answering that question. It's like, I know you're trying to trick me. It's like the kid coming up, but Daddy said I could. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I know you're trying to trick me, and it's not going to work. Mom's Mom's been down this road before. I thought she handled them great. She did, and she's been teaching law school for 15 years, and she's used to kids. And Congress is a bunch of kids. <laughs> the Senate is a bunch of children who ask stupid questions, and she showed patience, and she showed decorum, which you expect of a professor. And they did not rattle her. Um, it was very funny to see people say that she's only had experience as a judge for two years, and that's not nearly enough experience to be on the Supreme Court. Well, Elena Kagan had no judge experience, right? She was the dean of the Harvard Law School, and she became a chief justice. She became a justice on the Supreme Court. So, again, the rules seem to apply. They seem to not apply. It depends upon if the political winds are in our favor or not. Well, you know, a lot of things are going to be on the ballot next week as far as voting for president or your senators that are up for election or your representatives. And one thing that they're screaming at us, as you know, and I, I, I apologize, we've waited till the very last second here to come down to it, but it is our energy here in the United States. And uh, 
it's it's on the line and people's jobs are on the line and I think the American people are going to do the right thing. I think they've I think most of us have seen through the the hoax of climate change and I'm going to let you finish it up for us. Well, thank you, and and I agree with you. We, we, the, the Obama administration saw an average uh, gallon of gas around four dollars and seventy five cents for eight years. We haven't seen anything close to that, and it's not because of a magic formula. As Barack Obama would say, a magic wand. Uh, nothing, nothing new or, or no crazy oil patch was discovered. All President Trump did, and I mean all facetiously because it was huge, but all he did was let the free market do what it does best. And we have pumped tremendous amount of oil and gas into our economy, and it has brought prices down substantially. And the farmers, help I need because I'm trying to do they know how expensive uh, uh, gas for their, their vehicles and how much gas those vehicles use. I mean, I saw a neighbor go by on a combine just the other day, and that thing is the size of a house. Can oh, yeah, they're huge and, <laughs> and costly. And they break down all the time. I don't care what they are. <laughs> We're out of time. Daniel, thank you for all that you do to help us all bring America home. For too long now, those whose ancestors carved from a vast wilderness an awe-inspiring extension of Western civilization have been without any semblance of political representation. Abandoned by the political establishment, we now face the prospect of losing our national identity, culture, and our way of life. But there is hope. There is still time to right these wrongs. And there is a vehicle to organize our people into a force capable of reclaiming America's destiny. The American third position is that vehicle. It's a political party for our people, led by extraordinary patriots like Bill Johnson, Kevin McDonald, and myself, James Edwards. Our ancestors from the gates of Vienna to the sands of Iwo Jima sacrificed their all in order to secure Providence's most precious gift freedom. Now it's our turn. Learn more at the American Third Position website, American3P.org. That's American, the number three, the letter P.org. This is the American Third Position, American3P.org. Are you sick and tired of just being sick and tired? Are you sick and tired of being told that you were somehow privileged? Are you sick and tired of being told that you shut up, both at work and at school? Are you sick and tired of panhandling, pestering you whenever you go out to shop or sleep? Are you sick and tired of jobs that never come and an economy that never goes anywhere? Are you sick and tired of having to take orders from incompetence? Are you sick and tired of movies and television shows that depict a white man as a bumbling incompetence? Are you sick and tired of a government that welcomes non-white immigrants and exposes you to diseases. If you are sick and tired of being sick and tired, then the American Freedom Party is for you. Connect with us, theamericanfreedomparty.us. Once again, theamericanfreedomparty.us.